welcome to Dear Desiree Podcast. Hello. Hello. Oh, wow. <laughs> we have audio. Yay. One way or another, we're going to get this done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. For real, right? That, that was a challenge. Is Mercury in retrograde right now? Because that was funky. <laughs> oh, my God. For real. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being willing to be with me today. That was that was wild. We'll make sure that uh, folks will be able to hear this. This will be streamed on Spotify, okay, and as well as a Google podcast platform and another one that I can't recall right this second, but there'll be lots of access. Okay, sure. Alrighty. So we are. Can you? Am I pretty clear? Is the connection okay? And yeah, background. Okay, thank you. So. I am here with Dear Desiree Podcast and interviewing Andrew Baxter, and we're going to talk about your experience in the uh, being someone who is transgendered and in the community. So you uh, approached me and said that you wanted to come on and talk, and I was really curious to know what it is that you are wanting to talk about. Um, I think it's uh, really important to have support in the community so just having this as a way to reach out to you know those who are looking for resources those are looking for support or just knowing that you know they're not alone you know it just speaks volumes when I was growing up um, I didn't have that I didn't even know there was a word for what I was feeling you know or, or an experience if you will what were you feeling? Different. I knew I was different, you know, I mean, meaning I wasn't like my peers. Um, and who were your peers? And I mean, like other, other uh, female bodied individuals. I just kind of was looked to my older sisters and figured I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm, this is what I'm dealing with. And this is the way I'm navigating life and just look to my sisters of, what that looked like because I had no idea I knew that that wasn't something I necessarily identified with but didn't have the words for it so to maybe just survive if you will I kind of just Mm -hmm. did whatever my sisters were doing and it wasn't just your normal teenage just surviving like I want to do makeup or I want to do this or you know it was I don't know I it's exactly that like I'm having a hard time describing it now imagine someone out there now that has no idea you know to really like put words to what how they feel and what that looks like and making choices in their life sure I certainly cannot imagine I mean I can only imagine I should say what that must have felt like so what you said something about when you approached me you said something about wanting to be able to support individuals who were possibly uh, struggling with accepting themselves as they are in the body they're in or yeah. uh, being able to change their body to reflect more of what who they felt themselves to be. Yeah. Yeah. What, there, sorry, go ahead. Mm, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, 
Oh, man, you know, um, it's really hard to navigate this, you know, especially, um, um, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> it's okay. So I guess I wish that I, to start this off, I really, you know, to support, you know, what, before you start anything, it's just really important to know that you have support, support within the home, um, support in your community of being able to speak to the medical side of things, just, you know, whether that's speaking with a counselor or, um, just knowing someone like that is going through it, you know, maybe ahead of, of, of the curve of where you're at at that moment and just knowing that when you're having a rough day you know you're you're different is beautiful and mm. just being able to walk through life you know knowing that you have support and just also have some resources out there it's so much more vast now than it was when I was growing up there was nothing I mean and to add to that it was in like Utah <laughs> of all places to to be tra uh, be trans and to be different um, and be alienated, even if you were um, LGBT in general in that uh, area of America, if you will. In what area of that you were in? Yeah, no, just being in Utah, just in oh, general, mm -hmm. very close-minded, very uh, um, Mormon. Uh, mm -hmm. You're not Mormon or uh, that. You kind of got. Uh, an outsider kind of thing anyway and then you add this it's just it was just a really tough tough time growing up and not not knowing um how to navigate that and just looking for support and so a lot of people turn to either suicidal ideation or you know or our drugs or other addictions did you do that did you turn uh, as a coping skill i i had uh self-harm and and also dabbled in, in, in uh, various things and just trying to kind of mask like amongst other things that one deals with throughout their life and that in this journey you know well what would you want what would you how about we start with your journey um you you're talking a little bit about your journey but what a, what was it really like when did you decide to transition your body what was that? Is that something you want to talk about now or something um, you want to share? Uh, yeah. I mean, if I go back in the recesses of my memory and just think to, to times that I, I, I realized, even since age five, I knew I identified more with the boys than I did the girls. But I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't think I was any different until others in society reacted towards, you know, things and... Um, you know, I, I got, as I got older, I just figured it was just me being attracted to women was, you know, me being lesbian or anything like that. And that was my journey initially in, in, you know, going forward until I realized the effect that it had on me when I was misgendered, quote unquote, um, like going into the restroom, you know, and just how much happier it made me to be as a man and so just looking into that I started counseling and started asking questions you know and and 
um, I went through a lot of really a lot of a rough uh, time getting acceptance, even with partners, especially. Um, and it's just it's it's an ongoing process, but it's just been changed everything about how I feel about myself. The, the further I got along, the more beautiful it's become and accepting myself. And it's made a world of difference to have community and to have the, the world at large be a little bit more aware of, of what our, our experiences are like and having that, not fearing it because the more you know about it, I feel like it brings us all together a little bit. Well, what would you be fearing? Uh, rejection, um, violence, um, losing jobs. Are these all things that you've experienced? Not necessarily personally, but I've had friends or people in the community or I've seen, you know, happen. And I've also, um, maybe not personally, extending from my own personal experience or personal friends, you know, you see on a lot of the media sources about how there have been a lot of trans women who have been murdered just for being who they are. Right. Um, and so I just think that creating this platform, talking as we are today, um, it's just a ripple effect, uh, just saying that there's people out there and it's okay to be who you are and mm -hmm. to find beauty in that. So it, it sounds like you are hoping to support those who, is it, is it teens possibly that you're wanting to communicate with or folks who are on the fence about fully becoming who they are? I, you know what, I, yes, I, I kind of have a soft spot for in me and back then if I could talk to my younger self and, and give myself a great big hug, you know, I mean, there is that. Um, what would you tell yourself? that it's going to get better and to hold true to, you know, yourself and just uh, start like with a good foundation of love for just who you are and that people would come around. Um, mm. The stronger I've been true to myself, with all those people that I feared that wouldn't support me, at least in my personal experience, it took time, but they came around, and they're some of my biggest supporters now. And those were people that were very much into the Mormon religion, and they may not always understand me fully, but they stand behind me. Mm. You're very fortunate, it seems. Yes, and then some folks are not so fortunate, and that's like also the reason why I talk about you know, that support system. And, and sometimes you end up having to look outside of your own immediate family to mm. look for that. And mm. it's not a bad thing to, it's, it's a wonderful thing to create a space, you know, where you can reach out to others who are going through some similar feelings or experiences that you are yourself. Sure, of course. And I want to reframe something I just said. I said that you were fortunate. And not to say that Others are unfortunate if they don't have the kind of support you do. It's more that you've had a more favorable experience that would support your path of purpose that would possibly reduce the amount of barriers others would have Yeah, had you not had that support. So right. I, want, I want to put that out there because it's, it's a real deal uh, that 
that men and women who are have the transgendered experience are being murdered, like you said. Mm-hmm. They're being discriminated against with jobs. Uh, they oftentimes, in what I've seen, is folks who are experiencing this are uh, hiding. Yeah. They, you know, yeah. go home and be yourself, but not outside. Right. Yeah, I've seen that and, as well. So let's let's talk about love and dating as a person who is transgendered. Oh, wow. That's Pandora's box. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's important though, right? <laughs> it is important. And, you know, you know, I see so many people, you know, change themselves and it's just this, that spreads beyond the transgender community. But um, for the sake of the conversation at hand, I just couldn't impress more upon those who are listening to support people if, if, if whether you're the person dating a transgender person or being the uh, one who is of the transgender experience themselves just to be true to you because your person that's meant for you will accept you fully for who you are if they aren't then that's not your person it's it's as simple as that but it's so interesting that it's the simplest things are so hard for us to really sit and resonate with um, and accept, you know, uh, but it's so important and imperative that, that we seek those, those, those people who are positive in our life and supportive and, mm-hmm. and so that we can cultivate, you know, the best things in ourselves. Um, so as far as relationships go, I just, I just impress the people to just make sure that you're staying true to yourself, work on those things, small things, one day at a time. And don't accept anything less than true love um, in, in, in every form or in every way that it, it presents itself. And mm-hmm. if somebody's not supporting you, it's just, it's not healthy. And it's okay to set healthy boundaries um, in mm-hmm. your journey. Well said. And that's true for everyone, yes, I believe. Indeed. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. So, so let's go more specifically to nuances for that maybe some hiccups you've experienced in your path of love and dating. How do you tell someone? When do you tell someone? Is there a, do you have with everyone? Pardon? I've tried it where I've told somebody right off the bat when I'm interested in dating them, I've waited a couple dates. Um, and really when it's that right person, it doesn't, it's not going to matter whether you tell them right up front or three dates in, um, a person that's not going to be accepting is not going to be accepting whether you tell them right away or three dates in. Um, Mm -hmm. so it really matters to put yourself out there and find the right person. Don't settle for, for someone just uh, out of, um, feeling lonely Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's super important. It's just such a lonely experience sometimes, you know, you're already hard enough on yourself. You don't need to be um, accepting unhealthy um, situations. So h- setting healthy boundaries right off the bat or just that has to be your own choice, whether you want to tell people right right away. I think that's every individual's right to know what feels right for them to when when to share or or how they feel about this particular person and what they see in them as far as acceptance sure and for the sake of someone who is going through the process and we haven't talked about that yet but um for the sake of someone who is ready to walk the process maybe they were born in a female body they're getting ready to 
uh, take testosterone mm-hmm. and they're getting ready for surgeries possibly. Yeah. And, and they, they are fearing possible rejection because at that point I imagine that, and maybe you could tell me at that point, the, the world changes, the worldview changes. And I can only imagine and again, please tell tell me oh um, how how the world responds to you in a male body as oh. as opposed to a female body. That's one. It was but, huge, but also for dating. Um. Well, let me just start on as far as you know my experience with the world um, receiving me as I started to present male um, through hormones. Uh, it was different. I mean, just just something as simple that stands out to me as like when I was at the bank. And some of these experiences that are completely different aren't necessarily like, I don't think it's okay, uh, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. So I was standing next to this woman filling out my bank statement or like because I was going to pull some money out. And she she made herself small and gave me space, which I've never experienced uh, mm. being when I was seen as female. Like that distance or excuse me, sir, like, or like I got heard more, like people like stopped and listened to me more. And it's like the littlest things like that. It's like I, which felt good to be um, acknowledged as, as a man and I find it unfortunate that, you know, that gender barrier and how we treat each other and, and, and acknowledge each other in these different ways. And some of these are healthy and some of these are not so healthy, but it was just took me back a lot, you know, and I, I try to remind myself even in my passing to kind of humble myself because um, sometimes I forget. I forget what it was like before I transitioned and then how the world sees me. And so I try to make space and respect, you know, like as a man and in, in that position, I also try to uh, uh, create a, a positive, uh, healthy uh, interactions with uh, people and not try to be that misogynistic or and try to change and challenge those differences. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That, that is so, what a beautiful and rare opportunity to have that perspective of both experiences. Mm, and, yes. and you had talked about um, knowing what it's like to have a period. Oh, yeah. And, and you are a male. I don't and- miss it. <laughs> I don't miss it at all. Oh, Lord. Oh, that's awesome. I, I carried life as well, so I know that experience so, as well. So you've been pregnant, you've given birth, and it, it, it was cesarean, but yeah, yeah, you've given birth. Like I said, <laughs> that's a birth. Yes, that is absolutely a birth, and. And wow, right? Yeah. So, so how much of your of your transition process would you like to share with me? Um. And what 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 more specifically the 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 tech experiences the technical part and the reason I'm asking is that technical uh, as in like what it felt like to be pregnant, uh, relating that and how I talk to guys. 
or no it's what i'm asking is surgically uh the what you went through to prepare mentally have you had surgeries oh yeah and and then what it's been like since if so oh my gosh it was just so liberating like my first surgery was top surgery a double mastectomy with nipple grafts I had it with Dr. Charles Garamoni in Sunrise, Florida. Um, you know, I was going to school full time and, and, and working full time and saving up for that. And man, I had that surgery, you know, and I had my dad go with me. And um, it was good to see him take care of me more than just try to make me laugh. And so there was a cool experience with that. But you know, the months in healing afterwards I it was so liberating to not have that that when you look in the mirror and and when you take you know all the little things you take for granted and had just started changing I didn't have to bind anymore I didn't I felt like I was not well, lying to anybody anymore like I had that was my personal experience when well, I was binding or packing what is what is binding and packing binding as um where I, I, I had a chest binder, which basically flattened my chest down to look male. Okay. And uh, packing is, is basically like this prosthetic penis that you can put in your, um, in your underwear to create a bulge. Okay. And it's just more for me, it was just more mental, just feeling better and more confident in my day um, without questions. But binding was, you know, man, if you went old school, we used to have to bind with ACE and it was just horrible for your, for your back and your che chest. And so they've done leaps and bounds and have really a lot, come a long way in, in that for um, transgender folk. And you're talking about the ACE bandages that we use for sprained ankles, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. That's what they, mm -hmm. and back in the day, like, but even before my time, I should say, is what they used to use. Mm -hmm. And it just imagine that for an eight-hour period of time, maybe more. And it's just not healthy for your body to be doing it that way. But now mm -hmm. they have this, you know, um, compression-type bra that, or you can have one that has it like a shirt or a tank top. But uh I had one that was like a tank top and the compression was just in the front and it was a process. That's the first thing I'd have to put on every day just to, just to go about my day. Sure. Um, so, so did you start testosterone first? I did. And so you were taking testosterone, you chose to have top surgery and nope. then did, did you stop there? Nope. No, no. I, I've, I've had uh, also a, a full hysterectomy and, um, and then I've had uh, also uh, uh, radial forearm foul, RFF phalloplasty, so a radial forearm phalloplasty. And what is that? Um, actually, I'm saying that acronym wrong. It's radial free flap um, phalloplasty, which is where they take the donor site from your forearm and then they uh, take, uh, uh, they harvest part of your nerves and they leave a sheath behind for your arm. So there's one for blood supply and one for sensation. And they create a phallus um, from that. Which is a, a penis. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I can stand to pee and, and, and everything like that. And I also have to, uh, uh, a scrotum. So. Okay. So they redirected your urethra and yep. your blood flow. Yep. And so you have a full functioning penis of your very own. 
Well, I have a full function. I can, meaning I can urinate, but I don't get hard. I, that is a totally separate surgery where they have erectile devices in, in placed. Okay. This is incredible. And I really appreciate that you are sharing this and your, your, the, your willingness to be vulnerable and to share intimate parts of your experience. Have you, first of all, let's just take a big, deep breath. <laughs> yeah, that's it. What's up? <laughs> it was up. So how do you imagine, first of all, did you have any physical uh, experiences that were not pleasant? Any complications through your surgeries? Um, well, my top surgery went great. Um, you know, I, I think though the, the nipples didn't quite heal the way I wanted them to, but they look male. So whatever I moved on with that hasn't been a huge thing for me other than people asking me questions when the scars were very red. So they were kind of very, a lot more like, Whoa, like in your face when I, if I wasn't wearing a shirt, um, but, uh, lower surgery, nobody knows. And the only reason they do, do know, or sorry, let me back up. My scar is on my arm. So it's like right there in your face. So I get asked daily, what's that from? And most of the time I either say, I don't want to talk about it. Or I say I had a skin graft and that's as far as I'm willing to go. And because it isn't anybody's, uh, it's very personal mm -hmm. um, dialogue to be having with strangers. Most of the time. <laughs> Right, because I don't, I, I don't talk to people about my labia uh, and my yeah. clitoris. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, it's nobody's business. And, you know, and they go, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. And so it's an awkward conversation whether I was truthful or whether I don't tell them the whole thing. And so it's just I'm at this point getting tattooed uh, to cover it up, and I'm just ready to move on is kind of where I'm at with that. Mm -hmm. um, but. You know, I'm not ashamed of it, but I also feel like there's more to me than constantly having my scars brought up. <laughs> man, I'm going to say amen, amen to that. You it's, know. it's very, would you say it is similar to our societal preoccupation with the human body right. and, what it, and what it looks like? like? And, you know, exactly. And that, that uh, I want to lead in with that uh, and say that you don't have to have all the surgeries to be trans enough or to be man enough. I'm, it does I'm, not deny, it, that does not stop you from being man enough and being the man you see yourself to be every day when you look in the mirror. Because ultimately, regardless of relationship or other people, you are the person you look in the mirror every day. And what matters is your self-love and where you are at. And that's okay each step of the way. Well, you can just drop the microphone and that that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> that's so all we needed is, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, my personal journey and these were my personal choices. And this is what I see for me. That's so beautiful, Andy. Thank you. It's such a beautiful experience that I pray that folks, whether they choose to change anything in their body which you just so beautifully and eloquently which i had to clap <laughs> i was like yes I'll just preach it uh that that anyone who is listening to you will remember 
whether they're trans, queer, gay, straight, big, large bodied, small bodied, muscular, whatever, whatever it is, non-binary, whatever. Right. That you you please stop focusing on the body and truly love your soul. Because this is an earth suit. Yeah. This is an earth suit that we literally can do whatever we want to. Uh, And, you know, even though, you know, I I sound confident as hell about all this, I still have my days where I compare myself with cisgendered males and and sometimes don't feel enough, Mm. you know. Um, So I'm still human. I'm still going to find myself comparing myself with cisgendered males and and wondering if if I'm truly making um, my partner happy with who I am. And... Mm. And so it's still that journey of self-acceptance can carry on, but that doesn't mean it's not a worthwhile journey to keep pursuing and keep undauntingly reinventing yourself and edifying yourself in all the ways there is possible out there for you. Mm. I'm just going to let that soak in. So good. What a beautiful description of humanness that we can both both things can exist at the same time complete confidence and also questioning ourselves and comparing ourselves it's it can happen at the same time it's like oh i know who i am and i'm having this experience also yeah is there anything that you would like to add to what we've talked about so far is there anything that we're um there's so much with with this i mean it's it's the human condition like uh, beyond uh, far and above just being transgender we're just human um and we get to see both sides so it kind of makes you more well rounded and being able to see both sides of the coin mm-hmm. at any given time you know, I've had experiences where, you know, maybe outwardly everybody sees me as, as male and that I am male and mental states I've had where I just automatically feel like I'm back 10 years ago. Mm. And I don't mean that I like lose everything I've learned. I mean that I see that feminine part of me and instead of digging and, or, you know, burying that, I find how it's made me the man that I am today. Mm-hmm. And what parts of those are mine to keep and do I choose to keep and what parts do I choose to let go and be free? That is very self-aware indeed. It, now you're, you're moving into this spiritual aspect of embodying both the divine masculine and the divine feminine. Yes. And in cultures, indigenous cultures, that those are the people who are the medicine people and the shaman yes and the Mm two-spirit people yeah and so let's talk a little bit about that if you will yeah um you know and i i right now am you know my spirituality is with the native american culture you know and i also do aztec dance and um and a lot of these ceremonies um you know, so in places where some cisgendered men couldn't help out in, in an instance of two spirits can. And one of the examples I come into mind is, is uh, the moon lodge that they have for the, for the females um, at, at our Sundance ceremonies. I'm able to uh, help with that if, if I'm asked to. 
whereas that wouldn't be okay for a, a male or a, a cisgendered male to do that. Has, um, it, has it been explained to you why that is? It's because we wholeheartedly are of both spirits and so that we have that female spirit and that male spirit. Mm-hmm. And that goes uh, both ways. If, I was, if, if we were to be speaking about a, a male to female, that's the same. It's, that's the same. We embody two spirits. That's why we're called two spirits, mm-hmm. that we so fully have understood both sides, that that's a, a place of respect. Mm-hmm. Is and, it... I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't hold myself at all above anybody, let alone. I didn't ask for this. I, I, but, I've, but I've decided to embrace it as best as I know how each and every day and what that looks like to help others. Oh, well said. That brings to mind the argument that being transgendered or uh, having the experience of, of being transgendered or gay, or lesbian, or queer, or, 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 that it's a choice. And after listening to you and other folks that I know who are experiencing what you're experiencing, is that it is absolute. Who would choose? Who in their right mind would go through everything I've been through? Exactly. You literally risked your life over and over again to be who you are. And in that, choosing my life. And in that choosing your life. Exactly. Another deep breath in. And oh, wow. Thank you so much, Andy. I really appreciate your time and your energy and your love. And is there, yeah. is there, are you available to be contacted for support, to, to be a person of support to others? Yeah, I um, think I'd be open to that. How would they do that for it to be able to contact you? Um, I think a, a safe uh, starting point could be um, just maybe let's you know say email, a- email, okay, email. And so, if you would like for me to share that, I can do so, or you can say it now. Either way, um, indigenous twenty three at outlook dot com. Great, indigenous twenty three at outlook dot com. Perfect. Wow. Thank you so much. Thanks and praises. God bless you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let the creator always know, remind you that you, or I should say, may you always remember (laughs) that the creator has your back and is supporting you every step. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. We'll see you you. again. All right. Much love. Much love. Bye. All right. Bye.